From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Where does your inspiration come from? That is a question that I get asked a lot or some variation of it, like where do you find story ideas? And anyone in a creative field gets versions of this question too. It's a hard question to answer because, you know, inspiration doesn't work the same way that like beer does. You know, if you want a beer, you know where to find it. Go to the store, pick it up. It's right there on the shelf. But creativity, ideas, there's no shelf to find it on. There's no one specific place to go. And that's why I really loved an answer that I heard recently to this question from John Delancey. He's an accomplished actor, perhaps known best as Q from Star Trek. And who is Q, you might ask? Well, if you are not a Star Trek nerd like me, I... I will admit to you, I watched a lot of Star Trek Next Generation as a kid, then maybe you don't know. So I will tell you, Q was my favorite character. He is an all-powerful being that seems bored and isolated by power. It's, it's never really clear what exactly is motivating him. He can be meddlesome and destructive, but he's also philosophical and inspiring. Like in this conversation that he has with Jean-Luc Picard, the captain of the Enterprise, played by Patrick Stewart. We wanted to see if you had the ability to expand your mind and your horizons. And for one brief moment, you did. When I realized the paradox. Exactly. For that one fraction of a second, you were open to options you had never considered. That is the exploration that awaits you. Not mapping stars and studying nebula, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. Something about Q really captured me, as I know he did for so many others. He, he always seemed to be saying that no power, no knowledge is ever fully satisfying. In fact, it can be maddening. The thing that is so valuable, in fact, is the discovery. That was the lesson that he was just imparting. Anyway, the reason why I tell you all this is because uh, not long ago, just, just a few weeks ago, I was in Des Moines giving a talk, and wouldn't you know it, John Delancey, who played Q, was also a speaker at this event. It was so cool. And so I went over and said hi. He was very nice. And then I watched his talk and he offered some really wonderful takeaways about creativity, which is the reason why I want to share this episode with you today. I'm going to tell you the thing that he said and then tell you the way that it hit me and what it made me think about and how the way that we think about searching for creativity or really searching for just about anything, might be all wrong. Okay, that's coming up after the break. As host of this podcast and editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, I hear a lot of startup stories. I've heard the problems, the decisions, the mistakes, and when it comes to cloud technology, I have seen way too many startups experience vendor lock-ins and surprise bills and wind up with cloud tech that just can't do what's needed. For something that important, you need the real deal. And Oracle for Startups is that real deal. You might think, ah, I'm too small for Oracle, but you're not. They do free cloud credits and 70% off from day one for two years. And with the power of Enterprise Cloud on your side, you can trust that what you've built will not break as you scale. Oracle sets you up the right way so your startup isn't held back. If you don't want to spend all your time worrying about your tech, just go to oracle.com slash problem solvers and see how Oracle for Startups can help get you to the next level. 
Again, that is oracle.com slash problem solvers. All right, we're back. So before we begin, I'm just going to tell you quickly that this podcast episode is actually an expansion of something that I originally wrote on my newsletter. I write this newsletter called Build for Tomorrow. It is designed to help you feel more adaptable, to help you see opportunity in change and see that opportunity before others do. So if you haven't subscribed, I uh, I would love you to. You can just find it at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Jason Pfeiffer, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.bulletin.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. Anyway, so, I mean, I haven't thought about Q in such a long time. I, I don't really have the time to watch Star Trek or basically anything else these days. But I went to Des Moines to speak at an event called CI Live, Celebrate Innovation Live. And wouldn't you know it, John Delancey, the actor, or Q as I knew him, was there as a speaker too, which was so cool. I, of course, had to go up, say hi, take a selfie. He was very nice about it. And then the next day, uh, shortly after me, I guess I opened for Q, which is not a thing I would have ever expected to be able to say. John was on stage being interviewed by our event host, whose name is Tony Postian. And Tony asked that classic question, where does your inspiration come from? And here's John's answer. Well, I work from project to project. And I decided early on in life that being in a state of being creative was really what I wanted. That made me feel the best. So it made sense that that would apply to when I was acting or directing or what have you, but it also could apply to other things. I mean, to being with my grandson, to making a meal. In other words, as long as I I stopped thinking of it as just road work and started thinking of it as the infinite possibilities, even if it was just a little bit, it kind of lightened the experience and also made for things to be, it gave an opportunity for things to to be fresh and to have a little bit of wonder attached to them. I love this answer, which I'm going to boil down to this. Inspiration isn't something that you find. It is a habit that you build. I have found this to be so true myself. You know, when people ask me where story ideas come from, I have no tangible answer to that. There is no one process. Instead, I have simply trained myself to always, always be alert to the possibility of ideas. Someone tells me something interesting and I think, is there a newsletter here, a podcast, a magazine story? I have made it a habit of mind. It's like I'm constantly scouting the world for things to share, you know? And that is why, as soon as John gave his answer on stage, I knew that I would want to make it into a podcast and make it into a newsletter and all this stuff. You know, there, there's a there's a term that sometimes I, I like to use to think of this, which is ideas as content. That that's that's how I kind of frame it. Ideas as content, which is to say that being constantly mindful of how everything that you encounter could possibly either be something that you produce for others or could lead you to develop an idea that could be useful to others. Uh, Sometimes I will be in conversation with somebody. I'll just say something that'll pop out of my mouth as I'm, you know, let's say giving advice to someone or trying to help them think through it and a a word, a phrase, and someone will say, oh, I, I really like that. And I'll say, I like that too. <laughs> you know, I like I hadn't I hadn't come up with it before. I hadn't written it down. You know, we all do this. We all do this on the fly. The problem is that we're not really trained unless we consciously do it. We're not trained to then record it and think how can I expand it? 
But that is what I have started to do. I just I jot them down. Often what I do is I just put them in my reminders app. I have this uh, reminders app that's synced from my phone to my MacBook. And, and then it's just sitting there and I'm looking at the phrase and I'm thinking, what could this be? And then I think, oh, well, I have to write a magazine column soon. Maybe it's that. Or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's the start of a problem solvers episode or whatever it is. And then what I tend to do is I will then try it out in one medium see how it feels, see if I like it, see if it gets a response. Sometimes, by the way, this is like, I'll just kind of post it on LinkedIn. You know, I mean, sometimes you just have an idea and you just dash it off and see what happens. And then maybe it's worth developing into something else. So I post it on LinkedIn and people like it. And then I try it out on Instagram and people like it. And then I maybe I, I try it out on the newsletter. Maybe I move it onto this podcast and people like it. Maybe it goes into the magazine. Maybe it goes into uh, a keynote that I give. Uh, maybe it ends up in my book. Like I'm just kind of moving things around. Ideas as content. And that way, I'm never sitting down and saying, hmm, what should I create today? Because you know, there's just no good answer to that. You don't, like I said, it's not like picking up beer at a store. You, you can't just kind of sit down and be like, well, let me yank an idea off the shelf. They have to be there, which means that you just live your life as a constant source of ideas that can lead to content. That's how I work. And I think that that's what John is describing too. It's just, it's more satisfying to build a habit and to make this a constant part of how you live. And I have to say, this doesn't just go for creating content. It doesn't just go for creativity. This is also a really wonderful key to public speaking. If this is something that you are ever doing or aspire to do, you could use this exact way of thinking, this exact habit building to develop talks without ever having to practice them. How do you do that? Aha. Well, that is what I will tell you next after the break. Entrepreneurs face so many challenges and questions throughout their journey. This makes getting thoughtful answers to your most important questions so important. The Entrepreneurs Group at UBS Financial Services Private Wealth Management is led by private wealth advisors who were former entrepreneurs and who were once in your shoes. Their daily focus is using their vast experience advising entrepreneurs, plus being entrepreneurs in the past themselves, to be an insightful resource to help our entrepreneur listeners answer some of your most important personal and related business financial questions. Get a copy of their most recent Forbes article on eight fatal mistakes when selling your business and how to avoid them at ubs.com slash entrepreneurs group. Again, ubs.com slash entrepreneurs group. UBS Financial Services is a member of FINRA and SIPC. All right, we're back. So we've gone from John's answer to my philosophy of ideas as content. And now, as promised, I want to take it a step further and talk about how this mindset can be really useful for developing material that you can use in any kind of public speaking setting, whether that's giving a keynote or just being really good on panels or talking on a virtual stage to anybody. This is how I do it. And it's really the same thing as I described before. All right, here's the thing to know. We all tell stories throughout our days. We do it in conversations or in meetings. And as we do, we get a sense of which stories interest people and which are fun to tell and which we can refine to make better. And at some point, I came to realize that if I just paid attention to these moments a little bit more, my everyday life could help me refine my material for talking on a stage. And that way, there's never anything to practice or memorize. The work just happens all the time and none of the time, all at the same time. 
I came to this philosophy, which I may have shared on this podcast before, but if you missed it, or if you need a refresher, <laughs> it's called the theory of interlocking parts. And the theory of interlocking parts goes like this. I think that the secret to public speaking is to build a menu of five minute, roughly, you know, it doesn't have to be one to five to seven minute interlocking parts, a menu of these parts in your head. And what are these parts? Well, you know, they're usually a story and some kind of takeaway. There are maybe a big idea with a name and, and a really useful anecdote of somebody who you met, who you learned something from, or some company that has done something or whatever. They're just, they're nice and tidy and you can pull them together whenever. And then once you have a large enough menu of these things, and you know what I'm talking about, you have all the stories that you usually tell or the go-to pieces of advice that you've honed. These are interlocking parts. Now, whenever you are in a position where you need to give a talk or respond to something or whatever, now all you need to do is think, well, I'll take this piece and then I'll snap it together with this interlocking part and then I'll snap it together with this interlocking part. This is also really useful if you're being interviewed in any context. You know, I am interviewed a lot on podcasts and when somebody is asking me a question, I, like genuinely in my head, what I'm doing is I'm like filtering through the interlocking parts that I have that answer the person's question. And, you know, this doesn't mean that I just launch into some rehearsed bit. It's not really like that, but it's rather that I now have a good starting point. I'm not starting from scratch. I'm saying, hmm, that's a good question. How do I answer that question? No. Now, instead, I have a good story to tell and I can then relate it back to whatever our conversation is. I have these bits and I know how to tell them because I've told them so many times that it just feels really fresh. I give keynotes a lot and um, people pay me very nice money to do so. I've never written one of these things down. They don't exist in any written form. And I've never practiced it in any traditional way. I've never stood somewhere and like recited the whole thing. Instead, what I did is I kind of outlined it and then just thought through how the bits fit together and then would run through the bits individually, sometimes to, to, to kind of get comfortable with the material. But honestly, often just I would do it in other contexts. So if I'm being interviewed on a podcast, somebody asks me a question and I think, well, you know what? I could, this is a good place for that story that I have been thinking about including in my talk. Well, I'll just tell it on the podcast and I'll see how the person responds and see the questions that they ask and get a feel for the pacing and the flow of it. And the more I do this, the more I am basically turning my regular everyday life, just the normal conversations that I have and the normal interactions that I have. And I'm using that as the prep material and as the prep time for my talks. That way, again, like I said, the work happens all the time and none of the time at the same time. There's never something to memorize. There's never something to rehearse. And by the way, also, can I just tell you, don't memorize something word for word. Oh, I have seen, I've seen some people on stage and they've memorized something word for word and they get on stage and if they get tripped up, it's just like watching a train go off the tracks, right? Like they just don't know how to recover because all they know is they can't remember what the next word is. And if they don't know the next word, then they don't know what to say. And it is so excruciating to watch. Never have it memorized like that. You just have to kind of know it, right? You just know the story because you've told it enough. And that's the thing. This is the brilliance of John's advice as you apply it really in any way to anything that you create. If we want to be more inspired, we must cultivate a habit of inspiration. If we want to be more creative, we must cultivate a habit of creativity. It is never ending. Everything is an opportunity. Towards the end of John's conversation on stage, he gave some advice to young actors, and it was very much in this spirit, and I think it can apply to anyone. 
Here's what he said. Do not identify your career by what you don't, won't do. So many actors, at least when I was starting out, identified their careers by what they don't do. Well, I, I don't do commercials and I, and I won't do episodic, but I will do long form. And I go, well, most of them didn't do very much. And the end, and in the end, it's really important to just get a lot of experience. Just to, I used to do a thing called glitz auditioning. I would audition for everything, everything. It didn't matter. It absolutely didn't matter because my idea was is that if I got it, I could then say no. But until I got it, it was already no. So I just want, needed to get good at it. John didn't limit himself. He did not choose his moments. Instead, he chose every moment, every opportunity. That's when, as Q said to Picard, you chart the unknown possibilities. One more time, I'll remind you that this podcast episode was adapted from and expanded from something that I originally wrote in my newsletter. If you would like to subscribe, I think that it could really help you think bigger, think more ambitiously, navigate change more confidently. You can find it at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Again, that is jasonpfeiffer, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.bulletin.com. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.